0: I'm just waiting for it to start recording it isn't doing it okay it says yeah. you're recording now so uh, welcome and uh i just like to ask you how did you first get involved in immunology
1: um yeah so i was studying biology and i was thinking to do a master in uh, environmental biology But then I followed the course immunology and I was really hooked because I thought it was the most complex and fascinating system. Uh, So therefore I decided to pursue a a master in immunology and also to continue with a Ph.D. in immunology.
0: Wonderful. Tell us about the research that you are most proud of. Um,
1: So about four years ago, together with Professor Marjolein de Bruin. We have performed or we have formed a new research team studying biological and clinical effects of new biologics for atopic dermatitis and chronic skin inflammation and the team consists of basic scientists and clinical scientists as well as bioinformaticians and diagnostic experts and in a short period of time we have been able to collect relevant data from biomarkers to insights in immunological mechanisms regarding the efficacy and side effects and we are rapidly expanding. So this is really a true multidisciplinary team effort in a field where we feel we can make a lot of impact and that gives a lot of energy.
0: What do you think is the most important trait that a researcher should possess and why? Yeah,
1: so that's a difficult question but I think the most important thing is to to be curious. Um, and to be open, so the drive of wanting to understand and also uh,
0: to learn. yeah, I've heard I've heard that answer before, especially about <laughs> curiosity, so that makes a lot of sense. What do you think is the biggest lesson that you have learned? Um, The biggest lesson
1: is that um, as a scientist, it's important to be open and collaborate. And I know that competition is a part of science, but I believe more in collaboration. And I really think that advancing science and having an impact is faster, better and also uh, much more rewarding if you do it together. So... That's for me very important and it's also something I think, uh, um, yeah, we can still improve in the, within the science community.
0: What advice would you give to young researchers who are just starting out in the field?
1: Um, I think um, that you don't have to follow a classical science track. So research is becoming more and more multidisciplinary and asking for many different skills and backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you don't have to have this this classical track of, of doing a postdoc, becoming a PI in a specific field, but science is becoming more team-based. So you can also uh, look for other uh, options. And to pursue what really enthusiasts you and not what others expect from you. So if something really, uh, if if you really feel a passion for something, that you pursue that and not um, yeah, just follow the track that everyone uh, expects you to follow.
0: Mm -hmm. Sounds great. Can you describe your average workday if there is such a thing as (laughs) average? Yeah, that's a bit difficult,
1: but uh, I start with uh, with answering emails and then I try to work for a couple of hours on grants or papers or other projects. And then the rest of the day is mostly filled with meetings. Um, but members of my group also come by my office for questions or just uh, for a chit chat. And I found those chit chats very valuable because they often spark the most interesting conversations on science, but also on non-science issues. Um, so it's really nice to have a, a little bit of uh, a diversity there. And I also try to plan a few mock walking meetings per week. So to go outside and to have a meeting uh, while walking, um, because it also has a, like a different pace
0: and uh, it also adds to the conversations. That's a good idea. I've not heard of that <laughs> before. Good idea. We're going to shift now to the personal. So um, can you say... Tell us, who do you most admire and why? There are some very inspiring
1: models or role models, and they're all excellent scientists and strong women that advocate collaboration and have paved the way for more women in science. So um, Maria Grazia Roncarolo is, of course, a key example of a great scientist and mentor. But also Laini Tams and Jane Buckner, they are also their personal role models for me that have inspired me, but also have supported me in my career. Um, And I think it's both their their excellence in science, but also the way they engage others, the way they mentor young scientists and uh, also uh, make the case for more women in science. Um, That's
0: why I admire them. Great to hear. Great to hear. What, what motivates you to work hard? Um, that
1: There's always new interesting projects coming, so there's never a dull moment. Um, and I really like to uh, put all my energy in a new project, new ideas, and um, I can be a bit impatient, so it's good that there is, uh, there's always uh, new projects coming. And also working with and mentoring young scientists. Um, I think that is that is always very rewarding. it's it's also very inspiring to do. Um, so that is, uh, yeah, that motivates motivates me most uh, to work hard.
0: Mm-hmm. do you do you have a favorite time management tool, something that helps you stay organized and on track? Yeah, I think sometimes we we go a bit too far
1: with efficiency. So <laughs> I think for me, the favorite management Uh, time management tool is to really block time in the agenda to be able to think or to take a stroll outside also you know think about a complex uh, problem because um, if you don't block time for that then it's always the first thing that goes and uh, all the other things have of more priorities and uh, so for me it's really um important to do that.
0: Do you have a favorite uh, vacation spot, someplace you enjoy visiting?
1: Um, I love nature and I also love uh, a bit of unusual landscapes. So uh, the dramatic scenery of Iceland, the the breathtaking landscapes and wildlife of Namibia and the colors of Costa Rica. So that are my three most favorite countries.
0: Sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. (laughs) Um, Do you have a favorite beverage or drink? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a funny question. Um, <laughs> so I like uh, I like tea a lot. And last year I did a course uh, about tea tasting and processing, and also tea and food pairings. And few people know that uh, their tea has as many varieties in taste as wine, for example. So it was really interesting, um, and uh, I still love tea. And I rec- recommend people trying to uh, uh, to drink. Uh, oolong teas because they are really good and they're not uh, that well known. Um, Yeah, so tea is really
0: my favorite. I've not heard that tea has as many varieties as wine, so that's a good factoid to remember. (laughs) Um, Can you describe your hobbies, things you like to do when you're not working? Yeah, I like reading
1: books, Um, also photography, including nature photography uh, and hiking. So I try to also combine uh, the photography with uh, hiking. And uh, yeah, they're all relaxing, uh, but also spark creativity. So uh, yeah, that are the things that uh, I like to do with my family and also sometimes uh, by myself.
0: Okay. We're going to switch now and talk about Focus and your involvement with Focus. So, how did you first get involved with Focus?
1: Uh, yeah, so a few months after I started my postdoc in translational immunology in 2006. Um, I attended my first FOCUS meeting in uh, San Francisco, and I really liked it. And it also convinced me to continue in translational immunology because I just started uh, on a project that was um, uh, about human immunology. Um, yeah, so that was my first, uh, first time uh, with FOCUS already quite some time ago.
0: Okay. Um, and since then, how has FOCUS changed your world? Um, It's one of the
1: few meetings that's out there that really combines excellent basic translational and clinical um, science and also brings together this community. So for me, it really showed that... Um, that this can work and that it's also important to have all these type of scientists with different backgrounds together. Um, So it's also something that I have pursued uh, within my own institute, for example, but also in my research. So focus has been really important. Um, Yeah, it was the first time that I thought, okay, we can do it in this way and it's, it's possible to do it like this.
0: Good to hear. So if you had a colleague that asked you why they should join FOCUS, what would you tell them in a sentence or two or three?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's the best translational slash clinical immunology congress out there. Um, And despite covering a broad area in immunology, it's not too big, which is also nice, I think. Um, And they have excellent courses, an active community, and it's an important network.
0: Good to hear. So now we're going to talk about the research that you're doing. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, my research program uh, aims to elucidate uh, immune responses in health and inflammation and then with a focus on tissues and to translate these into uh, insights into tools for preclinical disease monitoring and therapeutic targeting in chronic inflammatory diseases. Um, And I take a disease and age overarching approach, meaning that uh, we're looking into many different chronic inflammatory diseases and both in pediatrics and adults. And um, we try to decipher common but also specific pathogenic processes underlying these different conditions. Um, And one uh, one of our specific interests is also to look at early imprinting of disease, so from a very, very young age. So, the diseases uh, my group is working on, of course, together with clinical scientists, includes atopic dermatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, uh, arthritis, and juvenile idiopathic arthritis, uh, and also dermatomyositis, both in um, children and
0: adults. Wonderful. So, do you have a goal, a dream goal, a vision of your your FCE, something that you would uh, specifically like to accomplish?
1: So what is really nice in Utrecht, so where I'm based, uh, we have the Center for Translational Immunology. And um, they're all immunology labs and researchers from basic immunology and all clinical disciplines, so dermatology, gastroenterology, rheumatology, oncology, and also diagnostics. They are united. So it's really a centralized interdisciplinary immunology lab and uh, it it has been the first in the Netherlands that um, had the way it's organized and it aims to improve the quality of life of those suffering with immune-based diseases and this interdisciplinary approach I think is very important and we also uh, it also includes training of young professionals with a broad range of skills Um, and my so my specific goal is to even have a better connection between the lab and the clinic, but also uh, between these different disciplines, because I think there really the impact comes together. So from the fundamental sciences to the clinical applications, also in the diagnostics. Um, so the whole setting is there, but um, I also want to improve the way uh, we do the research together. So that is something that, uh, yeah, that is really a goal. Uh, of uh, our FCE and also of
0: me personally. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Do you, What do you find um, are your biggest challenges when you're trying to reach those goals? Yeah, so currently one of the big challenges, especially in
1: the Netherlands, is that um, we really have a check off culture. So you see that in many sectors, but it has also entered science and academia. So it's good to have quality checks but administration is taking a lot of time and uh, we really have to give a detailed justification of work hours for some grants uh, every euro that you uh, spend for a project Um, sometimes we have to give three monthly progress reports so it has become a little bit like running a business um also with contracts key performance indicators um and because funding agencies avoid risky fundamental ex- and, or exploratory projects, because they want to have quick results and outcomes, I think this kills creativity and also fuels uh, short-term thinking. Um, it may be a symptom of mistrust and also avoiding risks at any cost. So I think as scientists, we should convince regulators that we are worth the trust and the freedom because we will, we really need this to also um, make long term uh, investments and really think about the, the bigger goals and not just focus on small projects all the time and all the, the checks uh,
0: for the projects. Mm-hmm. And why did you apply to be an FCE? Director.
1: Yeah, so the mission of the Centre for uh, Immunology or for Translational Immunology that we have is to improve the quality of life of those suffering from immune-based uh, diseases. So that really perfectly fits with the mission of FOCUS. Um, So that's one reason, and the other one is that it's important to be part of a larger international community for collaboration, training of young scientists, like with the excellent courses that are out there. So really to connect uh, with other centers like this in the world.
0: Sounds great. Sounds wonderful. Those are all the questions I had. Do you have any other things that you would like to add, something that I didn't ask you or something you'd like to elaborate on? Um, no, I
1: don't know. I think uh,
0: it was a lot of questions. So I think it covered a lot of topics uh, already. Thank you so much for being with us. And I know everyone in Focus will enjoy learning more about you and your FCE. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Sandra, And And have a nice uh,
0: day. I'm going to stop recording now.